The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In these times of rapid change, chaos, and crisis... A new wave of legendary leaders is rising up to answer their higher calling. Many are not famous nor have followers, though some do. They are brave individuals like you, seeking your highest truth and committed to deep personal change. Welcome to Legendary Leaders, Answering the Higher Calling with your host, Maria Danley. Here is the innovative support you've been looking for to become the legendary leader you are destined to be. Now, here's Maria Danley. Hello and welcome to Legendary Leaders, Answering the Higher Calling. I am your host, Maria Danley, and it's good to be with you. I thank you for being here. I had a different show planned for you today. We were going to continue part two with uh, the new frontiers. What is your new frontier? And about an hour and a half ago, I called my guest who's with us today, Warren Bellows, and I said, "Uh uh-oh, Warren, I am just not in that place. I had a bit of a uh, an upset last night, and I'm I'm just not myself, and so I'm sorry I'm not being professional, but I I don't know if I can do this show on part two of what's your new frontier, and so we talked a bit about it, and um, Warren will talk. He's going to be on in just a moment, but Warren was saying, "Go take a star of Bethlehem. You're in a bit of shock," and Warren has that way of being so he's so beautifully in alignment and attuned and I would never have thought that my heart was sort of stopped in shock. The the symptoms were that I was feeling, um, uh, well I may as well just back up and say the story. Very briefly, a woman that I know I've been very close to, I, I think of her as a sister, and we've had this dysfunctional aspect of our relationship and I haven't seen her in months and so last night we said well let's let's go to the movie and the same pattern came up that has always bothered me and it's, and it's a reflection certainly of other aspects of, of trouble from my past but I noticed that the conversation was always my asking questions of her her answering those those my questions with information about herself without ever a question about me or it really being a conversation. It was more like my interviewing her. Well, she was great in terms of polite, sweet. We were, we were sweet with one another. But when I left, I left being with her, I just felt so sad. And then this morning I awakened with this very heavy heart and feeling, feeling as if I had the symptoms of, of the Lyme that I'm trying to fight right now. A, dizziness, a foggy head, um, a depression, everything's just blah. And so I thought, well, 
I don't know what I'm going to do about the show. So I did call Warren, and I'm glad that he's here today because we have decided to do a different kind of show here on Legendary Leaders. In fact, this, I would say, is a new frontier because we're going to just be talking about this topic, which I think is relevant to so many of us, being with what is today. And even though I had plans to do something else today here, what is it like for Warren and for me to just be with what is right now and hopefully in some way be serving you out there as well? So I'm going to welcome our guest today, Warren Bellows, an adventurer and leader who is a masterful healer and magician. And two of the forms that Warren focuses upon are floral acupuncture and multidimensional landscape uh, painting. So we are going to keep the lines open if you uh, feel inclined to call in to ask questions or make a comment. You can always call us at 1-866-472-5795 and Warren and I would be very happy to talk with you. So again, that number is 1-866-472-5795. So welcome, Warren. (laughs) Thank you, Maria. I was, um, I'm very proud of you um, that um, that you actually went over an edge in which you could share your real personal life, which you've done before, but in a in a way that's really what we call quote professional unquote. Yeah. And there's a the fact that you would even challenge what the word professional might mean in terms of being honest and truthful uh, at this very moment is just a huge leap of courage wow. to just do that. And mm-hmm. so I am profoundly uh, bowing to you um, for your courage. Well, thank you so much. And um, I may be like many others out there where I am concerned about what's going on in the world. And then, of course, dealing with my own personal process, which is quite a journey, as it, it has to be for everybody listening that's interested. And many other people are in similar circumstances where you have really rough times and then you have really good times. And so rather than mask the roughness and um, not be in the pain that I'm in today, <laughs> why not just go ahead and share it? You know, there are other, other well, people I that talk can relate. about that, not being in the pain. You know, that's, um, um, I'm having a struggle with my own art forms and stuff like that where I uh, am used to a certain style and technique of putting my paint down on canvas. And like you say, I, you know, I create mu- multiple levels of worlds and stuff like that but there's a point that just you know like the last month and when I went this is dead I mean I've learned what I need to do to create these worlds and I you know I start out with sort of I don't need to go into detail of it but I have a whole technique that goes down and but at a certain point the technique gets in the way it's also it's like you're not I'm not really being honest today. Mm. I'm in some technique of the past, something that I've learned. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. But, you know, there's a certain point where you go, wait a minute, there's something more here. And how am I going to get past this rigid state in myself that I'm, you know, so that I can actually create something new, which is what you're doing right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I do know what you mean. We have certain... 
they're they're like either systems or structures or things that we have where okay I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be safe. One for me has is having notes near me when I'm when I get on the radio. I've never just said okay let's just wing the whole show. And so um, I would say this is a bit flying without the net. And uh, and yes, at the same time, isn't that the edge we always want is to go beyond what is safe and to explore well, yeah, the unknown. That's you what that. you're talking. Why is that for you? Why is what? Why is it? Why do you want to go beyond? What is it about that? What is that about for you? Well, I think the yearning in my heart is is this this deep, deep love that I have certainly for my higher self and the love that's growing there. And there, I'm so darn curious. It just feels mm. that the more I focus on and, and uh, uh, beauty, the more I'm just hungering for enchantment and the unknown and other dimensions like the fairy realm and others where and and the Merlin Arthur legend where there are worlds of such beauty and grandeur to explore but that's I don't mean to get too airy fairy about it but it's just like there's a quest for the unknown I think is really I do and at the same time it's scary it's like give me change please don't <laughs> at the same time <laughs> you know I mean I think that one of the things that you said which really resonates with me and it's something I have Sometimes uh, it's sort of my uh, discrimination with criteria about who I want to spend time with is curiosity. Mm. Are you curious? You know, and the fact is that I'm absolutely curious. I'm always curious. I'm when the lights go out and the boom, boom, boom. You know, I'm I'm the blonde lady walking down the hallway trying to see what that is. You know, I really want to know what's so scary. What's what's out there? What what you know? What's something more than than how I think life is manifesting right now. So I'm totally curious, and I know you are too. That's exactly why you know, I, I like you so much, is that you are willing to go into the scary places. And yeah. curiosity is what keeps pushing you in there, right? Yes, yes. Well, I, I, I'm wondering if this is, not to get generic or anything, but don't you think all leaders, when you think of anything that's been great, is somebody who was really curious and started stepping out to study it. But to bring it back to yeah. us and, and yeah. to speak more personally, it's absolutely yeah. true. And and um, right now my curiosity leads me certainly to, in, in general, to just a deepening this relationship with my higher self that's turning into quite a love love affair. I, I would never have known that that was possible, but it is a sort of perpetual motion mm-hmm. machine that anytime I turn my gaze in that direction, love pours in. This is like, wow, mm-hmm. I didn't know we could have that. Mm-hmm. And, and um, so that plus... Boy, that's it, it, that's go ahead. beautiful. Yeah. How could well, you not follow that? <laughs> well, the thing is, but that's what, like, what happened last night or today. Without all the details... We know of relationships where we have, they sort of bring up our core wound. They sort of make us look at something that, you know, we don't, well, that makes us feel like less than in touch with our higher selves, right? Absolutely. And so those events happen all the time, and they're just vehicles for us to look at that. Okay, and I, went, I was going to go someplace with that. I was going to be very clever, and now I've lost it. <laughs> <laughs> well, your cleverness can certainly come back in, in many, many forms, and it always does. One, one thing I would say about that is, is one of the things that surprised me the most was not the pattern that was always is, is, is in this relationship. And it reminds me very much of my narcissistic mother. So mm-hmm. there's the, the longing and the wanting for somebody to mm-hmm. acknowledge me or ask about me or be curious about me or something mm-hmm. like that. And, and yet what I hadn't seen before, because I'd 
I've been with my anger. Hey, why can't you be interested in me? And why don't you like what I'm doing? And this kind of thing before that I'm used to. It's easy to be in a struggle to blame somebody else. But the shock for me was that I saw my part of the rope. I saw I'm the one that keeps asking questions, focusing her back on her. That's my doing. I'm not even giving her space to to talk but the fear is that if I do give her space it's going to still be filled with more narcissism and I'm going to feel even more invisible so I think that's it in a nutshell for me how I feel so bad (laughs) (laughs) you know I think that's interesting you know the um, the fear of actually being quiet Mm -hmm. in relationship to that in other words the fear of if I don't do my knee-jerk reaction and just keep being on with the interview that um, basically the, the whole thing's going to die, which yeah. may or may not be true. Yeah. But the fact is that, you know, that's, that's the script going on in there. And the thing is that how did... I, here's, here's sort of what, where I'm going to go, is for me, I'm certainly thinking a lot about change these days. And one of the things that happens with change is when, when I have to let go, in terms of my painting, I'm letting go of a certain way of doing my painting, which we talked about. And I'm letting go of a certain way in which I've been doing my healing work, all that kind of stuff. But in the process of doing that, you, I step over into this very scary place where I have no idea where I need to go. And I, and I won't allow myself to have the comfort of past things mm-hmm. take care of me. Is yeah. I'm, can I really will be willing to stay in that very strange in between place. I'm, you know, I call it like chaos, but it's chaos without fear necessarily, though it does bring on fear at times. But it's that in between place where one thing is sort of letting, one part of me is letting go of something, and then there's an expert trying to rearrange itself. And can I be a quiet with that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, because really, there's nothing unusual about you and me uh, in terms of how we process. We're like everybody else, if, you know, out there. Absolutely. And so, um, the, but the but the thing is that there's a way in which I have in my past, and I've seen it, and I certainly don't want to do it in my future. I don't. I would hope not to. Is trying to grapple and hold on to something that really isn't working. Yeah. <laughs> and well, it really absolutely. Doesn't, and, you know, it's like, it really is not giving me joy. Maybe it's giving me security. Maybe it's giving me a sense that I have everything under control. But that's just become so boring because I'm curious. Mm-hmm. And, and, and really, we're growing and changing, too. We're growing and changing. Well, you know, but growing and changing is, is like, you know, a plant coming up. I mean, you're curious. Well, how am I going to be a big tree? Am I going to be a bush? What am I going to do? You know, how, how curious about how you uh, uh, unfold yourself. Well, I love, I love this topic, and it's, it's essential. And isn't it funny? We said we're not going to talk about new frontiers. But come to think of it, being in that space where it's quiet and, you know, you're actually, that's even like challenging a belief because here I have a belief. If I'm quiet in this relationship and I'm not talking about her and let's say more my projection of my mother, mm-hmm. then, then, there's, I'm going to be totally invisible, and, and as you said, I might die. Can I be in that quiet of, of really, or and humility of, I really don't know. Yeah. Maybe I could stop. Maybe I could yeah. be quiet, and maybe I wouldn't, you know, be faced well, with any deep humiliation. Well, I've never given myself a chance to be quiet. 
That's right. That's right. I'm too. I'm too. I don't want the. I'm too afraid to find out. Yeah, because you never gave yourself a chance to do it. So, well, well, then that's the curious part. The curious yeah. part says, well, what if I do that? Yes, what if exactly. I'm aware enough to catch myself next time it happens, and then I allow myself to be quiet? And what if happens if I just sit there for 15 minutes and don't say one thing? Absolutely. I well, mean, what? Imagine. Well, it's not only uncomfortable just being with the silence, but it is absolutely a new frontier. We do have a caller, which is fun. We cool. have a caller named Jan from California. Let's hear what she, she can join our conversation, Warren. Oh, good. Hi, Jan. Hi, Jan. Are you on Hi. the line? Hi. I'm a, hey, great to, great to be on the show again. Um, you really touched a nerve when you mentioned how we can tend to go invisible with narcissistic people. And I just thought, due to the accelerated energies, and many of us are partnered up with narcissistic people, that is there a way to shift our own being and perception and hold our ground that will allow their heart to shift and open? Because often I hear that narcissistic people, it's hard-boiled, it can't heal, and that, you know, you see these things on the Internet, run mm-hmm. like hell. But I'm just I'm just opening this up for what, what you think, because I'm co-creating constantly with women leaders who still have that wound, mm-hmm. and so it's coming up a lot, and how do we move very gently so that we can navigate this so it's feeling everybody we're seeing our voice, our presence, so we don't have to always keep leaving relationships as well. Absolutely. And um, I, I, I love what you have to say. a lot of feelings about this. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, we, let's both talk about it. Where would you like to go first, Warren? No, you go first. But um, I really, I think this is just a great question. And I've been dealing with it for probably a year now, exactly what, uh, Jan, is that your name, right? Yes, Jan. Jan, Jan correct. Uh-huh. Um, that, that, you know, I've been dealing with exactly, well, what is the right response to well, that? Yes, and, and as, a, as a, let's say, an expert in failing in this area, <laughs> yeah. um, my mother was intensely, I mean, severely uh, narcissistic, where there could be no feedback, so you honestly didn't get any mirroring at all. But I would say this, Janet, from my perspective on it, the root wound inside of me, of course, I can feel the yearning. I want you to look at me. Please pay attention to me. Please like what I just created, mommy, and all of that. But there's a place where it's, wow, I, I have to keep doing the harder work, which is I have to value myself. I have to mm-hmm. love myself and see myself and talk to those parts of me that are hungering for that value and, and that to be seen. And that's the inner work. And, you know, you just wish you could shake the narcissist and say, look at me. And sometimes we do. But that I would say there's first the, the self-value, there's the self-seeing and an acknowledging of oneself. And then with that, Jan, I'm noticing, and I work with clients this way, learning to have boundaries. So that it's okay to say, no, I don't want to. No, I don't think I will come over tonight. But instead, we seem to jump through hoops because they really have us in a power, a grip of, oh, my God. Uh So I I hope that's helpful. At least that's some of the first things I think of when I think of this topic. Um, That's Go ahead. Has it helped your mother as you are creating value for yourself and feeling stronger? Did you feel that there was a response of more respect and openness and like a receptivity for you? Well, you're, you're breaking you're breaking up a little bit, 
And um, I can say the good news and the bad news. The bad news is my mother's 98, and she has never uh, gotten off that particular perspective of total self-absorption, ever. So I, okay. I can't say that that's happened. Other things have happened. But I would say this, and I love her, and I've forgiven her. Oh, my gosh, what a great challenge she's been for me in this lifetime. But I would say what, what does shift is that we value ourselves so it doesn't sting. And then we choose not to be with, with narcissists. We don't have to run. But we can also feel because we're more sensitive to it that, oh, I have a relationship with narcissists. I keep attracting them. And um, I can, when I start to feel I'm being drained too much or I'm, I'm just not in my power, I can say, no, make a new boundary. And, and, um, but here's the, here's the rub, Jan. We have to give up all need to control or change the, uh, the other person. And when you flat out really, really, okay, I really, I, my approval does not, you know, it's not, um, does not matter what this, my English is bad. You know, it, it's not dependent on that other person's opinion and it turns into that. And that's part of the, the kind of weird delusional, I don't know what it is. It's like a magic narcissist have where they suck you in and all of a sudden you're performing <laughs> and doing weird things. You know what I mean? <laughs> what do you have to say? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, so I, um, well, first of all, uh, I think the three of us have a history <laughs> of not being friends with a narciss- narcissist, but being an, an inflationary device to blow mm. them up. In other words, we buy into their idea that they're the most amazing thing in the world. They are the god of, of justice and whatever it is and judgment. And that what we do is we blow, keep giving them energy. This is why you get exhausted. This is why we get exhausted, because we keep giving them energy so they can maintain that false stance. Absolutely. And the, it's sort of like, you know, the emperor's new clothes. Is the emperor can keep walking around naked thinking he has new clothes on. And we keep, <laughs> we keep saying, yeah, yeah, you do. You, oh, you're just so beautiful in that, too. You know, so there's <laughs> that part. But the question, then, as Maria was saying, is why are we giving ourselves, why are we take, giving the emperor new clothes? Why are we, you know, saying, well, what do I look like? What do I want to be? Yeah. Why are we so concerned that that person has to be the emperor? And how are we bow, bowing down to some sort of external, the, the, what they represent to me is an external value system that says, I know what's really true and that you, if you don't measure up to it, there's something wrong with you. And we right buy into on, that. right on, Warren, that is spot on. And then we buy into that. And then we inflate them so that because if we give them our energy, then they won't. Then if they really like us and they give us feedback, we think it's really because they see us as who we really are, but they don't. They see us as an inflationary device. They absolutely don't see us as we are. And here I have this beeping outside, like red alert, red alert. What does that mean? <laughs> well, in coaching, we, we, we'd use it all the time. You know, if you had an outside noise, like, like a fire alarm or something like this is, I feel it's like my, my uh, narcissistic, uh, whatever, protection mechanism, red alert, red alert, beep, beep, okay. I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay. So, but I can definitely close the door. But what were you going to say, Jen? Confirmation from nature, uh, nature, danger, danger. Yeah, danger, uh-huh. danger, exactly. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, it is danger, danger, and um, and because we buy into it being danger, danger, because there's some part of us that really believes in having this kind of connection with this kind of energy is safety for us. 
Yeah. It safeguards us from, well, one of the things it safeguards us from is having to be responsible for ourselves. Yes, talk more about that. Um, because, you know, if we pump up this narcissist who is just dying to be pumped up, and they like us or they say things that, you know, or we get them to respond in some way that we feel like we're necessary in their life, whether they like us or not, that we're necessary, is then we focus all our energy on that relationship as opposed to the relationship with our deeper self and our higher self about what am I doing for myself here right now? What am I doing to promote my own brilliance here, my own love of myself, not necessarily in a narcissistic way, but there's some part of us that is revolted by our own self. Yeah, and we need yeah. to turn back in and say, how can I fall in love with myself? Okay. Well, it's, it's interesting, too, because I know that growing up with a narcissist and being a tiny child, I was terrified of, um, of her anger, her rages. And so for me, it was sort of, I think I learned it as a protection response. If I just keep, you know, oh, you're the best or, you're, you know, complete attention and let her suck all, all my energy out, whatever. And again, I'm something like angrier at my mother than I am. I've been through that. But it's more that, uh, it, to me, it did mean safety. It meant she wouldn't be as angry or lashing out as much. But you, when you start transferring it on everybody, coming back to your point, it's so much easier to focus on others and hoping to change others and wanting to get things from others rather than, as you say, standing in, on your own t- two feet and being responsible for creating your own life. There's a wonderful flower essence to help you start that, and that would be Centauri. Oh, wonderful. Uh, Centauri. So it's the kind of thing where you actually... You know, you can say no to whatever request anyone's giving you that if it doesn't really fit in terms of, of nurturing yourself. And there, so this gives you the courage, Jan, to say, no, I ain't going to do that. No, I don't want to mm-hmm. do that. You know, which mm-hmm. is really hard to do, right? Right. Yeah, so do Centauri. It will really help. And, and tell us, because uh, she may not know, and many of the listeners oh. don't know, that it, oh. what Warren will do is he'll, he'll work with the Bach flower remedies and put them on specific acupuncture points. And, and okay. even when I called him an hour and a half ago, I said, put Star of Bethlehem on your, on your heart right in that particular uh, point. And I did, and immediately my head got clearer and I felt so much better. So where would we put the Centauri? Well, um, Centauri... Well, I can just do it quickly as, you know, on the outside of the, the leg, either side, uh, right near the shin bone, uh, halfway down. Um, you can put centauri there. Um, if you go on, you can get my book, which is uh, called Floral Acupuncture, F-L-O-R-A-L-A, acupuncture. And so floral acupuncture, and it will actually have a picture of, to show that what that is. But this is a really cool way for you to... Um, download the information which you really don't have in your body. I mean, you really don't have in your psyche. But you're so used to your default uh, response. We all get mm-hmm. sucked into our default response. And um, these are, doing the flower essences on an acupuncture point is really like, um, it's like cauterizing that default. It's like going in there and like the default is still like a virus. It's, it's an antiviral program. Think of it that way. And the Excellent. flower essences um, uh, give vibration, give vibration, but they but they give vibration in a sense of truth, emotional, mental, spiritual, psychological truth. 
that we need to, there are, we need to hear. And they're like our, they're angels. Flowers are angels for us. Mm. They're to help us, you know, sort of traverse this terrain of beliefs that are really wrong. There's a lot of wrong beliefs out there. Well, I, I know too, for all of you out there, in fact, I, I think everybody should have your book and your flower essences because it's amazing how quickly, when you put it on the, the, the book shows you really clearly where to put which essence and then the beautiful readout that comes with each one. Very poetic as well. And, um, but it'll change. It'll change and shift your emotions uh, right away. So I think that's a really good point. We're going to be taking a break here for a moment. And Jan, did you get your question answered? Thank you. You're, you're both very wise, and I'm very appreciative. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jan. I'm appreciative you called in. Thank you very much. We'll take a break, and we'll be back in just a moment. guest today, Warren Bellows, and we were talking about floral acupuncture and the, the amazing work that he and his partner, what is your, what was the co-writer of your book's name again? Uh, Deborah Creighton. Yes, Deborah Creighton, and the two of them together have written this book, but it's beautiful because you can shift your emotions so easily. So anything more to say about that? Because it's, how on earth did you find that? How did you find this, or maybe it wasn't that, how'd you get the idea to uh, come up with this idea. Well, um, well, the how I the idea was actually coming from Deborah, who is a flower essence practitioner using the bot flowers, but she has come up with her own repertoire, which is a whole other thing that could be interesting to talk about in terms of her latest um, repertoire. Um, but she called me up. We had both uh, visited, uh, lived in Findhorn uh, community in Scotland. Uh, in the 70s, though they, we were never there at the same time. We were not contemporaneous. Um, and she called me up and says, you know, I live in Sonoma County, just like you, and I know you went to Finhorn, and I've heard that you're a great acupuncturist, and I have always thought that there's a relationship between flower essences and acupuncture points. Mm. And when she said that, I went, God damn, I, you know, I bet there is. Why shouldn't there be? And so she said, would you be willing to do some research around that idea? And I said, yeah, I would. And so we did. And we um, 
so the, the question really was in our research was, and I think this is what's interesting, is that um, acupuncture is a vibrational medicine. You have these energetic, you have these wells, of, uh, holes that come in your body, through your body, and go down into this um, the, the meridian system, which they've always likened to wells going down into a, in inner rivers. And they carry vibrational, meta, uh, vibrational information and energy that are operative on the functional level on the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual levels of a human being. And that accessing these points actually accesses any kind of place where you might feel blocked in your own evolution on any of those levels. So that's the information that I had. And I also studied the Bach flower essences when I was in Finthorn. It was a huge um, change for me in my own emotional life. Um, but in those days, you took the Bach flower essences under your tongue. So what the Bach flower essences have always been touted as is, is the, the entrapment, entrapment without being weird, is the containment of the energetic information of the, temp- the template of information from these flowers. So if you took the energetic template of the information from these flowers that have a lot to do with information to delete viruses of beliefs, you know, in terms of self-worth or um, courage or you name it, emotional, physical, mental, I mean, emotional, mental, and spiritual life and body, and you had that vibrational information then downloaded on a specific acupuncture point that mimics that, but also added a whole other dimension because of the acupuncture system, that you would actually be doing a double download into the system if it really was possible and it worked. So the essence of the research, I hope I'm not talking too much. No, no, it's fine. It's fascinating. The essence of the research was, can you feel when the vibration of the flower essence is in resonance with the vibration of the acupuncture point. No one has ever asked that question before in the world. Will you say it again? Can you feel the The vibration? Can you feel the energetic vibration of the flower essence being in resonance with the energetic resonance of an acupuncture point. That was a research, because we were going to have to go and try a flower essence and find out where is, is there a specific point that it relates to this? And there's like 400 points on the body. So how are we going to sort out what flower essence goes on what acupuncture point? Is that clear? Yeah, absolutely. I, I never knew how you did this. And so that's, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Well, one, I didn't know, one, I didn't, that was just a, a really interesting question. And two, I didn't know, how would we even know what the answer, how, how, how do you do that? Well, it turns out in a very bizarre way, or, or bizarre to me, is that both Deborah and I had a similar energetic sensitivity, and there was something synergetic about our working together. There was, there was mm, cross pollination of ideas, mm-hmm. uh, cross-pollination of gifts. Um, we were very, we, we were not attuned as friends. 
We were not attuned as, you know, hey, well, let's just go out and have a coffee or anything like that. Uh, but we were very attuned to the work. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so what we found out is that when we, what would happen is that she would take a, a Deborah would take a, a certain flower essence. We talk about certain flower essence, and I say, "Okay, tell me more and more and more about it." And then she would do that, and I said, "Now act out like if you were a person who really needed that." And then she would become that person who needed that. And I went, "Well, in acupuncture, if I were looking at someone like that, and I was thinking about what you were talking about in terms of content, I would think about maybe these ten following points." And then we would go, and we would systematically go through uh, those points. Or also do some sort of sleuthing around, well, what is this, you know, how do, what's that really mean? But anyway, the essence was when we put flower essence on some, some points, it didn't do anything. Then we put flower essence on points, and it, said it almost did something. It was like, mm, and then you do a flower essence on the right point. And for Deborah, she would talk about her whole head would sort of like open up and she talks about cranial plates opening and stuff like that. Um, I didn't have that experience. What I'd had as an experience was total oneness. Yes. Just sort of, ah, that works. That's it. Well, I just experienced that today because here I came to you on the call like, oh, what am I going to do about the show? I didn't have that kind of energy, but it was mm-hmm. more like, okay, we either have to be real and mm-hmm. change what we're doing or we're mm-hmm. going to have to <laughs> be authentic here. So mm-hmm. when you said do star, uh, try Star Bethlehem on this, this heart chakra and um, I put it there, I was stunned. I know I've said it, but just stunned out. It was as if it, it cut three quarters of all the angst. It was just gone. And in exactly. fact, most of it was gone. It was moments like, uh-oh, yeah. now I don't have the same issue. Maybe I should call him back and say we can do the show. <laughs> well, it was so know, immediate. But, but so you know what's really interesting about that is that um, we, you know, that's what we experience. And did I, was I doing research with other people? We're doing blind studies? No. Yeah. We recognize that we have something and it'd be really good for the culture to have this information. And well, we just felt the, really uh, motivated to throw it out there and without any kind of uh, anything. It was really ballsy. And so yeah. <laughs> we put it out there, and it's, and, you know, it's a beautiful book, and it's all that kind of stuff. But the thing is, in the last 10 years, I can't believe what came through us. And yeah. I don't take, um, yes, I was a good, I don't want to even call myself a channel, Receiver? I had integrity. I was really interested. I was curious. I really wanted to know the answer to that question. Yeah. And I was also curious of how would you actually talk about putting these two things together and what does that really mean? And I was so curious about it that, you know, I ended up writing a book and I couldn't even believe that they published it. I mean, to me, it was just, well, why would anyone read this? This is so esoteric. Well, it's turned out it's not really esoteric. And the thing is, that it really is a powerful healing tool but in, in with a, it's like a soft hammer you know it just changes you right away and I'm fascinated by that I just can't believe that that really can happen so wh- what am I really trying to say uh, I'm not trying to tout myself I'm, what I am is but I am talking about a creative act about taking something that's never been done before to really engage with it and to be curious about it and to take it all the way to the end. You know, yeah. what happens when you do that? Or and take it, so it, that, right. that, 
Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, or take it, take it where as far as you're going to take it, and uh, but I guess I was going to also point out that it, it seems like the flower essences ran on this, and so was <laughs> the Taoist uh, acupuncture. In other words, it feels like it's in those one of those miraculous states where there's sort of an agreement on some level, and right. and then the miracles, of magic, and being yeah. published and all that just flows. It's sort of like, yeah. okay, we want to get this information into the world. Let's see. There's, okay, Warren and and she will be great. The two of them will do this. And it seems like... It is sort of like that. A little bit anyway. No, but, well, no, it's actually a lot like that. Hmm. I really do think that um, um, there's enough times in my life where I've seen that that it really is a lot like that, is that it's sort of a manipulation of bringing the right energies together to create something new. Um, I, I wrote a poem the other day, and uh, uh, it's called Collaboration in the Time of Chaos. And um, I really believe that, you know, our culture is going through such this huge change, and it's, you know, we're not quite sure where it's going to end up and stuff like that. But the, the main thing that we're really, but it's, I think that's really interesting is that um, collaboration is really important right now. Uh, and why is that? It um, doesn't really matter. But let me just um, what, let me just read my poem because I think that says it. And it's almost yes, I, I was just going to ask you to do that. Collaborating in a time of chaos. It's going to take a batch of us to change the chemistry here in the dark. Come, light this fire with me, decorate these walls, and practice the dance. For I swear I hear melodies just beyond. That's oh, it. I love it. Please read that one more time, Warren. It's going to take a batch of us to change the chemistry here in the dark. Come. Light this fire with me. Decorate these walls and practice the dance. For I swear I hear melodies just beyond. Oh, that is so beautiful. I think there's a lot to be said about this collaboration, this co-creation and doing it together, finding whatever community feels whole and right. Absolutely. It seems so much that we're moving from one paradigm that is was all individual-oriented, and it doesn't mean that we're moving into some communistic state or we're all going to end up in a big vat of pea soup or something, but we need our absolute individual uh, expertise or, or majesty or all the beauties that are individually our own but it's how we the magic of being in co-union or partnership with others is, is well the you, par- get, you get more juice into. you get yeah. synergy and you get you get something really unique on um, on my website my art website um, there's a, there's a, a section called annotation which is all the media there's a um a two-minute video of myself collaborating with my friend Jenny Jordan, who's this woman from Colorado, and we spent three days painting together <laughs> on one canvas. So we were painting the same canvas, and it shows the collaborative effort of, of our effort, the collaborative visual of our dancing with each other. And what ended up was not a painting that I could ever have done, and it wasn't a painting that she could ever have done. 
but it was definitely a painting that was really interesting and uh, had a lot of energy to it. And I'm going, wow, this is really cool. I mean, it's like talking to you, Maria, right now. now we're in conversation, and we're collaborating on creating a conversation in which people can listen into. And That's they will really be different cool. than you just yeah. doing a monologue. Absolutely, and they they will be collaborating by you know adding their energy and their thoughts and feelings to whatever, in hearing it or experiencing it as well. Yeah, it's really really quite beautiful, and so um, I don't know, it just seems so right. But I loved what you talked about earlier too, Warren. And by the way, just your work is so beautiful, and I thank both you and uh, your partner. And I should remember her name, um, that, Deborah. Deborah, thank you. Because you and Deborah did create a beautiful legacy for all of us and a wonderful tool. You spoke about this idea of light chaos because I think for, well, for many of us, especially who have journeys that are going up and down, and I think everybody's is, where we have difficult times and we feel the chaos of it. And sometimes chaos can feel really dark. But I agree with you. There is this place where there is a light chaos where you still can be floating. It's like dancing or floating in the chaos without resistance, and the other mm-hmm. one feels like, okay, resistance, and I'm going down kind of a thing. Well, tell, tell me more about that as opposed to you asking me that. You give me some more information about that. Well, you know, it's a funny thing. When I, when I, I wrote my CD, Invocation, and I do play a lot of that music. If I'd known, I would have had that, played my own light chaos in the, in the break there. But for me, light chaos, when I experience it, especially in meditation, it feels as if I'm... I'm I'm flowing with a, a lot of other conscious beings, but even that's too too literal. It feels like there's there's movement and light and uh, lots of action going on, lots of beings, lots of all sorts of participants, but I can't see them or hear them, and I'm I'm in this flow where we're all dancing, or there's a dancing is even too literal. So it's like this union, this flow, but it's filled with light. It's it's filled with um, the pleasurable emotions and sensations, and it just feels. Why not just surf? It's kind of how it feels. Just ride the wave. I. I... I couldn't agree with you more. I remember when I was in what was it? I was in Boulder, Colorado, and um, I had this meditation that was facilitated by someone who was going to help me get in the transition between lifetimes. Yeah. This has been reincarnation. This must have been the seventies, eighties, um, and um, I went to this place in this meditation, I went to this place and it was a very real place and I recognized everybody that I had met and that I was going to meet, but they weren't, they weren't people. They were colors and vibrations and light and there was separation. There was, there was personality, I guess you could call it. I mean, there was a, I could call oh, there's Maria. Hi, Maria, you know, but you're not looking like Maria at all. Um, you're just light and vibration. But there was common thread going through it all, and I, I realized that we were connected, like we were a group of people. And part of being in Finhorn was I met some of my group of people. Part of being in the rest of my life is meeting the rest of those people. But it is a vibration and a color and a tone and a sound. Wow. It really connects. 
And when we go into a state of light chaos, which means we step into, um, well, to me that means we're stepping into a period of change. We're going from one season to the next season. We're going from one idea to the next idea, whatever it is, our own evolution. That when you step into that, you lose the boundaries of your past self and you become more attuned to your own vibrational state, who you are, your light color. And when you do that, what happens is that you connect to other individuals cosmically or whatever you, I don't know, energetically on different levels and different lifetimes. You know, just I don't care what you call it or how, how we visualize that. But when you get into your own true vibratory state, you connect with all those other true vibratory state, which are your soulmates. I, I yeah. love you're saying this. That, 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 I'm interrupting, I guess, but that I love this topic so much. And I'm thinking, too, how it comes around to our earlier conversation about narcissism. Because here in this idea of narcissism, we're being pulled away and outside of the, the natural trajectory of our own resonance at its best, mm-hmm. where we could find mm-hmm. our, our real family, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And if we can you know, let go of the, the, the faux idea of safety or security right. there in right. whatever that, that relationship is and, and right. let ourselves come back and know ourselves, then it's not only just a question of boundaries. We are finding who we are so that we, in a sense, can flow into that community that I think you've so beautifully described. That's exactly it. It's because, but it's finding ourselves, And then that's how you flow into the community because you're, you, you have integrity of your own vibration. Yeah. I mean, I can't see... If, if, if I'm a vibration of turquoise and gold, then, and if I throw inside myself, throw in some mud colors, which it could be interesting from a painting point of view, but does that, does that help me really see clearly from my own, the integrity of my own vibration and, and light? And so when, when, what happens within, you know, in terms of relationship with narcissism is that we tend to give light, our light, to that person for whatever reason. And I just want to say one thing to Jan, and, and uh, it's sort of in this whole conversation. There's a difference because she talked about if you go on the Internet and you put in narcissism, you know, they say, like, stay away. Well, it's, that's really true if it's a narcissistic personality disorder. And that's a way more intense kind of disorder. But narcissism, you know, people just falling in love with themselves and stuff like that is not necessarily an evil indictment to them. It's only when it's turned, it, only when it torques into their personality and they cannot see past themselves that it becomes a problem. Well, I also think that that's a misnomer because, you know, I, do, I think it's the last thing narcissists are is that they're in love with themselves. I actually, my experience of it and having known a lot of them and, and being narcissistic myself, absolutely, growing out of it, hopefully, um, has been feeling that there is a want of value and a lack of self-esteem exactly and a, right. like a hungering for, to get everyone else's attention because I really don't believe I have value. That's right. We need something to inflate. So, so that's, can, a, that's can what can right. be so. I'm sorry. It's. It, I just want to say it's what can be so confusing because it looks like wow, they have such a good opinion of themselves. Mm. Anything but. It's just you know they're no, spreading no, their it's lack based of. Based on a real, a real pain. Yeah, a pain real of, pain. Exactly. That has not healed. No. Absolutely. Well, taking it back to this idea too, I uh, just wanted to share a moment I had in a meditation that was absolutely profound. 
I was doing a, a workshop working with my soul, and my soul took an embodied form. And we were lying down next to each other, and I was looking into my soul's eyes. And when they were looking into my eyes and we were breathing together, it was absolutely beautiful meditation that uh, I recommend people to do. But we were breathing together, and I was looking deeper into deeper into my soul's eyes as they were looking into mine. And as I looked through the eyes, all of a sudden I, I was out in the cosmos. What do you know? I'm the second time I'm talking about this. But this was different. This was I was in a still place, but all of the stars were around me. But I could see that each star was absolutely unique and every star was, was bright and shining, but every single star was aware and acknowledging and loving me. Which made me realize, whoa, I'm probably a star that in the same moment I'm loving and recognizing and seeing each of them. It, it was the most unusual mm. feeling. And I said, this is more of what, what it must really be what the real love is like. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, yes, I do. That was really beautifully said. Mm. I have something I think that adds to that image. Um, if you think of... Think of a big um, disco ball. <laughs> yeah. And instead of the disco ball reflecting the light coming at it, there's so, but that shape of disco ball, mm-hmm. and that each of us is located somewhere inside that ball. And that the little frame, the little mirror frame, is actually a window. And that we're sitting there looking out that window and there is a light behind all of us inside. And it's shining through each of us as we're looking through this little window pane and sending light out through this disco ball. Oh, and that's, that's our community. Wow. It's funny how we're all looking out that window wondering, where am I, where am I? And that's yeah, feeling the light coming behind and then really tuning into all the connections behind us we're all the, and we're all connected by that light. Well, that that is absolutely beautiful. You know, we're lucky we've had these two gorgeous images because we're going. The show is just about over, um, and so we're ending on a really high note. We've talked about narcissism and a lot of grand things today. Um, for all of you out there, you can go to www.wbellows.com to see Warren's beautiful visionary work. You can also look up Warren Bellows' book, Floral Acupuncture, on um, Amazon and get those Bach flower remedies too and oh my gosh, you'll have a kit anytime you're sad or depressed or in pain, anything. You can just um, see where the acupuncture point is, put on a little uh, black flower remedy, and you'll find it changing. And I want to thank you for being here today, Warren. Thank you so much. fun, Maria. You you should do more of these. Well, I think I think I'm, I think this is the way to go. A lot of fun. All right. Well, you and I'll do another one. I'm going to sign off. Okay, love to you. Bye-bye. So that's all the time that we do have today, and I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you so much for listening to Legendary Leaders Answering the Higher Calling. And for any of you who are interested and you want to visit our Facebook page, you can always just go to Facebook and then type in Legendary Leaders Radio Show, and you can join us on Facebook there. And um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for calling in, Jan. We look, look forward to hearing from many more of you in the future. It's an honor to support all of you Unsung Heroes on your journey to become the legendary leaders that you're destined to be. 
It's an exciting world out there. It's sometimes scary and rough, but as if we will be with what is right now, it'll start to move once again. So until next week, I send you my love and best wishes. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in this week for Legendary Leaders. Maria Danley invites you to join her for another inspiring show next Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. Have a wonderful week.